Revival is now. Hallelujah. It truly is. It's Revival is here and now for America. God has spoken prophetically. He has spoken through true prophets years ago that the time for praying for revival has passed and God is bringing revival now. We at Fivefold Church have been believing this word, believing of what God has promised and what he wants to do, coming in power, coming in miracles. And he has been so faithful. Every revival starts small. It starts with just a spark. And, and God will always reveal when he's about to do something big. He won't reveal it to the whole world, but he chooses people like Mary. Mary and Joseph knew what was coming when the Holy Spirit impregnated Mary with Jesus. They knew what was coming, clear as anything. They knew. But, but the rest of the world did not know what was coming. But they had a job to do. They had a job to keep the faith and, and stay strong and keep believing on that word. Whenever God speaks a word, we have a responsibility to not let it fall, to give value to it to keep the faith, to remind ourselves what he has promised. We have seen God confirm his word so much. Hallelujah. God is so amazing. He is the God of miracles and it's his desire to heal you and to give you a miracle that you need because he is a he is full of love and just like how do we show love to one another we help each other out when one is suffering when one's struggling we don't dismiss a hard time that someone's going through in their life and say well i'll just ignore that but i'll say nice words or i'll give you a gift and i'll ignore the problem when i could do something to help that problem or completely alleviate that problem right? That's how we show love to one another, that if we can do something to relieve pain or relieve suffering, relieve pressure, you know, if you go out to lunch with a friend and they don't have money to pay for their lunch, you're not going to order food for yourself and just let your friend go hungry. No. So we are made in the image of our creator. It's in God's ability and power and desire to free you when you're in bondage, to heal you when you're sick, to release provision when you need it, that you would never be in lack. This is, this is his heart, this is his desire, and this is what he wants to do. And he has been doing that. I am so excited. You may ask, why haven't we seen this so much for the most part? Because God chooses to work through vessels. He chooses to work through people. It's just how he's chosen to, to come on this earth and reveal himself and touch people. He's chosen to work through people. It's just what he's chosen to do. And so many times people forget that. They forget that. And they're like, where's God? Why isn't he coming through? And many times God's waiting for the body of Christ to get in order, to get into alignment so he can put his power in his people, his anointing in his people.
and release it through his people. That's how he's chosen to come on this earth. He says in the Bible, uh, the Great Commission and what he speaks to his disciples, heal the sick, cast out demons. You will lay hands on people, he says. You will do it. You have a job to do for me, God says. I'm your boss. Now do the job that I've told you to do. So we are called to do the job that God's called us to do. He's not going to take the job from us. We have to do it God's way, even if it means years and decades of his power not really coming much, by and large, onto this earth. Even if it means that, because God cannot compromise his word, he cannot compromise his way. He will wait until there will, there will be people who will read the Bible, who will read the words of Jesus, who will, when he says, you heal the sick, you will lay your hands on the sick, who will read the book of Acts and look at how the book of Acts operated and say, this is God's absolute word. And this is what I want to see. This is how it should be. Why don't I see this? This isn't right if this doesn't align with the word. He's looking for people who will not compromise his word, who will not compromise him, but will hunger for him to, to do what he did in the Acts church today. Revi God has spoken, revival is now. So God is bringing revival. He has begun this revival now it is is just beginning we are seeing the harvest of it we're seeing the fruits of it now and it's going to grow and grow and grow and grow and this revival is going to be the the biggest revival that has ever been this revival is going to be different from past revivals from revivals that you've read about that you've heard about this revival is going to be a lasting revival uh, not just like a move of God where miracles happen and then, and then the church goes back to how it used to be. Or a revival where God uses one person in the power of God and that's it. And then that person dies and then church goes back to normal. Nope. 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 That's not the kind of revival that God is doing now. The Bible talks about how Jesus is not returning you know, Jesus is going to return and bring, bring all who were on the earth to heaven. But before Jesus comes back, the Bible talks about how the church has to be beautiful, blameless, spotless, without a blemish, a beautiful bride. The church, the church has to be spotless. So knowing that, you can, you can see that Jesus is not coming back anytime too soon. We have to at first look like how the Acts church looked like. So we have a ways to go. So now God is restoring what the Acts church looked like to the body of Christ today. Let's take a little, little look right here what that looked like. Let's first see 
um, Jesus's example, Jesus's example that he gave to his disciples who became the first apostles to plant the first churches. Let's see what it looked like. So Matthew 4, 23, it says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed. And he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, uh, many different places, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan, they all followed him. Another translation. We're going to read this again because this scripture is so powerful and so important for us to know this is what Jesus did. This is what his example was for the first disciples, for the first body of Christ. This is the Passion Translation. Jesus ministered from place to place throughout all of the province of Galilee. He taught in the synagogues, preaching the hope of the kingdom realm and healing every kind of sickness, every kind of sickness and disease, contagious or not contagious, every kind he healed. His fame spread everywhere. Many people who were in Many people who were in pain and suffering with every kind of illness were brought to Jesus for their healing. Epileptics, paralytics, and those tormented by demonic powers were all set free. Everyone who was brought to Jesus was healed. This resulted in massive crowds of people following him. So the, this scripture says everyone who was brought to Jesus was healed. This resulted in massive crowds of people following him. This is God's way of reaching his people. This is his way of letting the world know this is who I am. This is, this, this is the reputation he wanted. He wanted people to hear there's someone who, who, who rescues those who are suffering. There's someone who heals any disease. There's someone who, who frees people who are in bondage who have addictions. There's someone, there's someone who does this. Let's go and see. That's the kind of reputation that Jesus wanted. That's what drew people. Jesus did not want people to be drawn by anything but his power. He didn't want people to be drawn by flashy lights, by comedy, by entertainment, by charisma, by good looks, by, by um, amazing communication skills, by really good graphics and advertisements, you know, all of the things of the world. And by the way, all of these things God can use. But these things shouldn't be what brings people to Jesus, what brings people to the church to have an encounter. It should be the power of God. Not, I want to go there because there's a, there's a speaker there who really invokes emotion, you know. Well, you can also get emotion. You can cry in a, from a movie, you know, <laughs> but that's not the power of God. No, Jesus wanted to be known 
as the miracle worker who came and rescued people by his power. He wanted people to come running and find him, knowing with this expectation, hallelujah. It's so powerful that this scripture says, everyone who brought to Jesus was healed. This resulted in massive crowds of people following him. That's how God wants us to represent him. That's how, that's how pe- God wants to bring people to the church, that they would hear miracles are happening. I want to receive healing. I'm going to come. Acts 5.12. So this then is, is, is the example of what the Acts church looks like. The book of Acts is very powerful and precious to us believers today because this is our blueprint of what church should really look like. And when we read the Bible, we should really look at it carefully. Like this is what church should look like. This right here. We should not be adapting to something completely different. It should look like this. Hallelujah. Acts 5:12. The apostles performed many signs, wonders, and miracles among the people. And the believers were wonderfully united as they met regularly. No one dared harm them, for everyone held them in high regard. Continually, more and more people believed in the Lord and were added to to their number. Great crowds of both men and women. In fact, when people knew Peter, Apostle Peter, was going to walk by, they carried the sick out to the streets and laid them down on cots and mats, knowing the incredible power emanating from him would overshadow them and heal them. Great numbers of people swarmed into Jerusalem from the nearby villages. They brought with them the sick and those troubled by demons, and everyone was healed. Wow. So, That is what the church looked like, the church of Jesus Christ, where Jesus is king. They were doing what Jesus told them to do, what he commissioned them to do, what he trained them to do when he took the disciples two by two. When Jesus was still on this earth, he says, you're going to go now and walk in miracles. You're going to go two by two and cast out demons and heal people. And they came back so excited. Jesus, we were casting out demons. Wow, your power really is in us. So they were doing what they were trained and commissioned to do. And and Jesus says, you will do the things I did and greater. That was a promise for them. That's a promise for you and me. We will do the things that Jesus did and greater. So this passage that I just read in Acts 5, This sounds like identical to the passage we read before, Matthew 4, 23, where when Jesus first came on the scene, it looks identical. They're preaching the gospel and they're performing signs, wonders, and miracles at the same time. They're always together. They're always together. In both of these these passages, when Jesus when Jesus ministered, when the apostles ministered in the church, 
the miracles are what brought people to the church. So this is what church is supposed to look like. And this is what God is restoring to the church now. He is now restoring his proper reputation as Lord of the church, the God of miracles. Oh, I want to go to that church because miracles are happening there. I don't know who Jesus is, but wow, miracles. I really need a miracle in my life. I'm going to go check it out. And they go and they end up meeting Jesus there. They encounter his power and they see, wow, Jesus is real. And not only do I believe now, oh, I want to give my life to him right now because I encountered the power of God. Without the power of God, there's people coming. First of all, not many not enticed. Secondly, if they do come many times, they're not led to surrender. And that was my case. I was a Christian my whole life. But I was never surrendered. I wanted to be, but I really hadn't encountered the power of God yet. And I learned later when I did encounter the power of God, that that is what was missing. Because when I did encounter the power of God, when I had a true encounter with Jesus, I wanted to, I surrendered immediately, happily, like no question. Nobody asked me, do you want to surrender, Catherine? No. I was just like, Jesus, I give my life to you. Wow, you are amazing. I see who you are. Jesus doesn't want it to be some mystery of who he is. He wants to become so real to his people. And that's what happens when he encounters you with power, is that he becomes so real that that one encounter can be all you need. Like, you don't doubt ever again because that encounter with his power has made it so you now see and you can never unsee. Look at, uh, look at Saul who transformed to Apostle Paul. I mean, he was a terrorist. He was killing so many Christians. He was on a huge manhunt. Think about someone like that today, like picture him today. This is not a fairy tale, the Bible. Sometimes we don't really think about how would you feel right now if you saw Saul today going after Christians? You'd be like, he'd be coming after you and all your friends and family who are Christians. I mean, whoa, that was really crazy, insane, evil what he was doing. But then Jesus encounters him. He has an encounter with Jesus where God opens up his eyes. One simple, quick encounter. It was quick. It was simple. He re Jesus reveals himself. He has this, uh, Saul has this encounter with the power of God. He's blinded. Jesus says, go find my servant and he will open up your eyes. Here we have another example of how God chooses to use people. He chose his servant, his disciple, to his apostle to open up the eyes. 
to pray for him. Um, so Saul, Saul, who's transforms to Paul, goes and immediately is ready to be an apostle. I mean, look at this. Look at this transformation that happened in like five minutes. Look at this transformation from a terrorist to um, this passionate apostle of Jesus Christ from one extreme to the other in just like five minutes. Everything changed for him. Everything changed. That's what happens with with the power of God when you encounter his power. So God doesn't want there to be such mystery. Like so many people have so much doubt. God doesn't want it to be that way, that it's, that it's so hard to have faith, that it's constantly such a chore to believe, you know? I remember before I encountered the power of God, I would go to church every Sunday and I would just feel like I needed to hear that lukewarm message reminding me that God loves me. It's like I kept doubting, I kept doubting. I couldn't progress, I couldn't mature, I couldn't go forward. But when I encountered the power of God, I never doubted again God's love for me. I, I, it was like I could see him like real, real. Like he was so real to me just with that encounter with him. I was set on fire and the fire just progressed. I've been, in, I've been in services where I've witnessed people being touched with the power of God, them being healed. I went to one service in the beginning of this journey after I encountered the power of God where this minister was moving in so many miracles and so many demons were cast out of people. And I mean, you could obviously see it. You could see, just like in the Bible, demons manifesting out of people. And my love for Jesus was just overflowing, just witnessing, wow, this is Jesus. Look at this love that he has for his people. And when you, when you see that power, when you see that power of God moving and, and freeing people, you, it puts faith in you. I mean, you, you cannot doubt, you cannot doubt. And when we look at these disciples or these believers, it says that they the believers were wonderfully united as they met regularly. No one dared harm them, for everyone held them in high regard. Um, these believers are coming to church every time, and they are witnessing miracles happening constantly all around them. I mean, how can you doubt when you're seeing God move in power, boom, boom, again and again and again and again and again? And It says that the believers were wonderfully united. Unity seems like something so hard in the church today. There's so much, there's so much like hatred and bad talking online, in person, uh, distracted with things like politics. And if you are truly in a place where God is moving, and you are seeing with your own eyes, miracle after miracle after miracle. You become consumed with Jesus, on fire for him, in love with him. 
You don't want the things of the world. You don't want the things of the world. You just want to think about and talk about Jesus. And I was, I was able to love people like never before when I encountered the power of God. When I could see how real the devil was, how much the devil was putting people in bondage, and how Jesus had this heart to rescue people. They didn't achieve it or earn the help. Jesus just came with his power and rescued them from the demons that were trying to kill them, torturing them. Jesus comes, go, go, stop messing with my son, my daughter. That's Jesus. And when you're in the true presence of God, the true, the true presence of God, you're, you're receiving that, you're experiencing that, you're witnessing that. And you see the love that God has for you, the love that he has for his people. You see how real the devil is. And it just puts a heart in you for him that you just only want his will to be done. Lord, use me however you want. You're so amazing. And his heart is for his people. And you start to see how he loves his people. And so you start to see differently in the spiritual realm like, wow, everyone deals with demonic attack. Some people, some people have demons and that's why they act mean. Some people have demons and that's why they're, they're lazy. That some people have demons and that's why they're a pain, why they're aggressive to you. Why, you know, why they say mean things to you. So, so instead of, of judging people and being like, Oh, I can't believe this person treated me like that. I can't believe that person posted that online. I can't believe this person did that. I can't believe this person talked behind my back. I can't believe this. Instead of being worldly in that way, you are immediately seeing people with Jesus's eyes. The, the devil is oppressing them in some way. Because when you are free, when you are free and when you're surrendered to Jesus, you are full of love, you are full of peace, you are full of joy. It's true, it's true. So you know, you can see, okay, they are oppressed. So I'm gonna have the heart of Jesus and have the heart for, I want them to be free. I, I want them to have more peace and joy like how I'm experiencing. Oh, for them to say that, they really must be going through something hard. Uh, they really must be oppressed by the enemy in some way. Uh, their eyes haven't been opened yet. Like mine have been blessed to be of the love of Jesus and, and that there's no need to worry. You know, you start having these eyes when you're in the presence of God, when you're seeing God's heart on display in action for his people. And so this says, it says the apostles performed many signs, wonders, and miracles among the people. The next sentence is, and the believers were wonderfully united as they met regularly. No one dared harm them for everyone held them in high regard. So they were able to be so wonderfully united because they were truly encountering the power of God. Therefore, their hearts were ablaze for him. They were in love with him. They were surrendered. And they were able to see people how God sees. And so there weren't silly arguments, you know, among believers. 
you know, no, I mean, everyone's heart was in the right place because they were really encountering God's power. Hallelujah. Um, it's time now for us to go with the leading of the Holy Spirit, to follow his leading, to let him have his way in the church and in our lives. To, to, not, to not be embarrassed by him, to not be embarrassed by him, but to let him do what he wants. To have this heart of, oh, oh, Holy Spirit, I'm so blessed to be here in your presence. Have your way, God. God is changing things in, in, in the church and in our lives. That church wouldn't be a, oh, we got to make sure it's, it's quick. It's quick enough to keep people's attention. We got things to do, so we got to make sure it's only like one hour tops. And we can only do these amount of worship songs and we can't do anything spontaneous because we got to keep everything. No, it is time to follow the Holy Spirit. It's time for us to have this heart of, God, I do not want to grieve you. I want you to have your way completely. If you want to change my plans, have your way. If you want to change how the service of church goes completely, have your way, God. Holy Spirit, we just want you. That's all we care about. We just want you to have your way, Holy Spirit. This is what God is restoring into the church, this reverence for him, for his spirit, this honor for his spirit, the fear of God. The fear of God, not meaning you're afraid of God. No, God does not give you a spirit of fear ever, but the fear of God means reverence for God. Like, I really do not want to displease the Holy Spirit. I want to only honor him. I will be careful that I won't do anything that would displease him, that would grieve him. That's the fear of God. And that's what he was restoring into the church. When you look at the Acts church, you also see that that there were not just pastors, but there were five different offices of ministry. And Jesus says in Ephesians 4.11, it says that Jesus, when he ascended and when he poured out his spirit, he gave to the church gifts, gifts. And these gifts were apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And the purpose of these gifts, these were gifts to the believers. The purpose was that they would edify, equip, build up, build into maturity the believers so that the believers would be strong, mature disciples of God who could walk in the power of God themselves so that they wouldn't be deceived by the devil's schemes, so that they wouldn't fall for false doctrines, but they would be strong powerful, mature 
vessels of God. That's the purpose of all five. And when you're just getting one or two, you're missing out different vessels that are, are supposed to equip you, that are intended to equip you in different ways. They each have something unique, something different that we need. Like how you need a balanced diet. Like how you need all people in your life when you were a child, many people played a different part from teachers to doctor to parents to family members to friends to neighbors. They played an, an important part of forming you to be who you are today. It wasn't just the mom. There were different people. So that's the purpose of them. So when things get out of line in the church, we get rid of some of these offices. We get rid of apostles. We get rid of prophets. Now you're going to have things out of order in the church. You're going to be missing things in the church because the disciples cannot be mature, strong disciples of God, walking in the power of God. So that's why we see we've gone... The body of Christ has gone astray from what we see in the Acts church because we've removed important parts of the body of Christ that were designed by God to help us and make sure we are strong and not going astray and not going out of order. So, in this revival, God is restoring the five-fold ministry. The five-fold ministry is the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We see mostly pastors now, some teachers, some evangelists. So God is restoring apostles, restoring prophets. So there will be all five. This is why God has given us the name of five-fold church or 5F church for short is because this is a move that he's bringing to the body of Christ. And this is the assignment he's called us to. To say yes to God in what he's doing now. To agree with his move. And welcome these offices. Welcome this way that he wants to move. Welcome this way that he wants to release miracles, signs, and wonders. Just as he did in the book of Acts, how it says the apostles performed many signs, wonders, and miracles. And it says several times throughout Acts, the true sign of, a, of an apostle is they walk in signs, wonders, and miracles. Hallelujah. So, God is really transforming his bride, transforming his church, this is an exciting time to be alive. This is a time where you are, when, when you surrender to God in this, and when you choose to be a disciple of him in this revival, a carrier of his revival, you are going to be full of his fire. You're going to be full of joy and peace like you've never known. I can testify of this myself, even though this walk, I did not want to be an apostle. Public speaking was my biggest fear. I had no clue how to preach. God called me four and a half years ago to be an apostle. And I was like, what? How? I wanted to be a singer. I don't like to speak. I have no desire to minister. But God reminded me of Moses and how God called Moses when Moses had a stutter. And he was like, how God? And God chose all of the people that he chooses they weren't planning on it. They weren't desiring to do it. You look at the disciples, fishermen, tax collectors, 
But God says, I want to use your weaknesses for my glory. I want to make my power come through you so people can know it's me and it's not you. So in the beginning, for many years, not just the beginning, but for many years of this, since four and a half years ago, it's been a very uncomfortable journey for me as I'm constantly getting out of my comfort zone doing things that I didn't want to do and I felt nervous and uncomfortable and not confident about. But even though, even throughout, through those times and it, when it was uncomfortable in the beginning, day one, I started experiencing true joy and peace like I've never known. And that's just grown and grown and grown since then. And the, the hard parts eventually fall away the, uh, I don't want to do this and this is hard, eventually fell away as God strengthened me. Um, and where I am now, where I am now, surrendered to God um, and serving Him is, is a joy and peace that I didn't know existed. And I have so many dreams that have not come in true yet in my life. I have many dreams um, and, and it does not matter. It does not matter. Just the peace and joy that Jesus has given me being my Lord and serving, t- serving him, walking with him, laboring with him, doing his work. There's, I did not know this joy and peace existed. Um, constantly encountering his power and constantly seeing his power flow and touch people, there's no greater joy. And that's what he wants for all of his believers. That's what he wants for the church, that we would come to the church like on fire, so excited, not just going through the motions. And when I say church, I know many of us are virtually right now. So I mean online church too, not just physical. But this is what God wants is that we would be not just going through the motions, not making it like religion, tradition, or just being like, okay, I'm looking forward to my Sunday plans after this (laughs) or whatever. But, oh, it's the highlight of the week. I just want to be in God's presence. I'm so expectant and excited for what he'll do. I know he's going to move today. I know he's going to leave us in awe. He, 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 this is what he's restoring to the church, that his believers would be full of awe and wonder of him and truly shine for him. Truly shine for him. Truly be full of love for people in love with Jesus and loving all people. And you will be powerful vessels of God. You will be powerful vessels of God. God is restoring the power of God in the church that all believers who are surrendered to him would walk in the power of God. The power of God would flow through you. Touching people, healing people. This is God's will. This is how it was in the book of Acts. And this is how it's supposed to be now. And this is what God is restoring now to the body of Christ. These specific scriptures have touched me so much. 
I mean, they've they've just been close to my heart because I I know God is is bringing this revival. I know that He's restoring the Acts Church. So I I, I think so much about what the Acts Church was like, the miracles happening. I think about I picture people bringing the sick people on the street so that Apostle Peter could walk by. I picture people finding the, the, the pieces of cloth that had touched Apostle Paul's skin and bringing it to the sick people and they were healed. I picture this, dreaming uh, uh, and, and just getting excited, knowing this is what God is bringing. And COVID came and I, uh, and I just kept thinking, the church is supposed to be the place of healing. People, it should have that reputation that people are running to the church. Like they were laying the sick on the street when they knew Apostle Peter would walk by. It says all kinds of sicknesses and diseases, contagious diseases and sicknesses. That's how it's supposed to be today. People are, people, we, we, are, we should not be, we as believers should not be afraid of COVID. We are supposed to remind ourselves Jesus healed every kind of sickness and disease. Every kind. And in the Acts Church, they brought them the sick and those troubled by demons and everyone was healed. This is the faith that we should have. I'm not afraid. Jesus heals every sickness. This is a time for us to shine as believers. It should be a time for us to shine. We have the answer for the world. It should be a time where people who never went to church now find themselves sick and running to the church. All right, I've heard that there's miracles happening here, that, that healing happens here, so I'm sick, I need healing. And they not only receive healing, but they find Jesus and they give their lives to Jesus right then and there. Hallelujah. I was so blessed this past revival in the park on Sunday. There was, there was a family who would come who had traveled from out of town a ways um, because a child was sick in their family and they had heard about the miracles that God was doing here at Fivefold Church. And so they came and brought, brought the child. This is what it's supposed to be like. That word would spread. God is, God is moving. Miracles are happening. Let's go and encounter Jesus. This is what it's supposed to be like. And this is what God is bringing to our lives, to the church today. I'm excited. Can you tell? <laughs> I'm excited. And you should be excited too. You should be excited too. God wants to use you in this move mightily wherever you are, wherever you are in the world. He wants to use you in this revival. This revival is going to spread to the whole world. And God wants you to be a revival carrier where you are, where you are. God is only looking for people who will just believe him. And who will surrender to him and just say, God, use me however you want, Lord. 
however you want, God. That's all that God is looking for. He's not looking for a resume. He's not looking at your past. He's not looking at your abilities. He's just looking for that heart. So, ah, come and experience the most peace and joy you've and life, abundant life, that you have never even dreamed of. Come, come. Surrender to Jesus and be a revival carrier. He will lead you. How do I be a revival carrier? Share what God is doing. Share how you've been touched. Share about the miracles God's doing. Share about the miracles you've received. Share your testimony. This is how you be a revival carrier. This is how God entrusts you with more and more anointing and power of God. Just be willing and he will use you. I want to pray for you all now. Thank you, Father. I thank you, Jesus, for this revival that you have brought, God. I thank you, Father, for not giving up on us. But thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for transforming us. Thank you, God, for coming in power, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for using us. Thank you, Lord, for all of the amazing miracles that you have done. Thank you for healing people and delivering people. Thank you, Jesus, for healing all kinds of diseases. Thank you for all the miracles you've done on these lives and through the videos. Thank you for people being healed of COVID and all sorts of pain leaving. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. You are amazing, Jesus. And I declare this anointing to touch every person watching now. And there's some hearts now that are saying, I want that peace. I want that joy. I want to surrender to God. I want to be used by him. I want to serve him. Just tell him that now with your own words, use me, God. I surrender to you. I give my whole life to you. Have your way. Just tell him in your own words. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. And may the fire of the Holy Spirit touch you where you are right now. May it touch you where you are right now. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. May this anointing, this prophetic anointing grow in you and may God's power move through you. May it touch people in ways like you've never seen. As you pray, as you speak life for people, I declare transformation to happen. I declare miracles to happen through you in Jesus' name. May the revival fire spread where you are in every city, in every country. May this revival fire spread through you and touch people. I see revival pockets like flames across this country, across this nation, where as you speak about what God's doing, as you speak about Jesus, the true Jesus who comes in power, as you speak about the miracles, as you speak about of testimonies, your words are carrying such power that it's going to ignite flames in people. Thank you, Jesus. And this revival is, this is how this revival will spread. It's going to spread through you. 
It's going to spread through you because God chooses to use people. He chooses to work through you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for this honor that we can be used by you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want to speak healing to every person watching now. Um, there are some of you that have sickness in your body. Some have diseases. I want to pray right now for diseases that the doctors have spoken cannot be cured. God is healing you right now because he heals every kind of disease and sickness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands if that is you right now. I declare this sickness, this disease to go in Jesus' name. Get out of your body. Be free now. Be healed completely in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. And I remove all of the curses spoken against you, all of the negative words saying that you'll stay sick forever, that you won't be healed, that you'll die early. I remove all of those words from you in Jesus' name. And I speak life to you. I speak complete healing, abundant life, abundant health. And I declare long life to you in Jesus' name.